On today's show, I'm going to discuss why Manny Machado should be a trade fit for the New York Mets. You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. On the show today, I'm going to discuss why the Mets would be one of the few teams who could trade for Manny Machado. In the first segment, I'll discuss why the Padres may need to move Machado and get that contract off their books. In the second segment, I'll talk about why the Mets are one of the teams that could want a Manny Machado. Then in the final segment, I'll talk about when that type of a trade could actually take place. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Ficklestein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on X at Ficklestein Ryan. You can also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's $150 if your team wins. Is a fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Now, earlier this offseason, the San Diego Padres had, you know, a real task at hand that was brought upon them when it was announced that they had to take a $50 million short-term loan to offset losses from this past season, particularly to pay player salaries, and then that was a signal to the other 29 teams in Major League Baseball, the Padres have money issues and they might need to start selling some of those star players that we were all wondering how they were able to pay. This was from Bob Nightingale after Juan Soto got traded. He said, if they're not competitive again this summer, don't be surprised if they quietly ask Manny Machado, Xander Bogarts, or Fernando Tatis if they'd be willing to lift their no-trade clause to move them to a contender, yes, as several executives say, how in the world could you ever rebuild with those contracts? That was from a notebook that Bob Nightingale had after the Juan Soto trade. Those contracts that are on their books, particularly those three, are nearly impossible for a small market team like San Diego to move forward with. And they're also in a tough position to move any of those guys because, as Nightingale notes, they all have no trade clauses. You also have Joe Musgrove on the books for a good amount of money, $20 million per season. You Darvish has a big contract. And then you also have like Jake Cronenworth, who is a utility player that got a ridiculously long deal. The way A.J. Preller was spending money is just irresponsible for a GM. And for some reason, the guy has just a lifelong contract with the Padres. He's made a million mistakes, and because he's a really good scout and is able to turn over that farm system, make trades, and then replenish it quickly, which, granted, they've done a great job. Their farm system, where it's at right now after the Juan Soto trade, it's amazing, and it is a real uh, you know, mark towards why he still has that job, his ability to, to scout. But... The way he trades players, the, the contracts they've given have been just irresponsible. And that brings us to Manny Machado. Because you look at his contract right now. 
in what world did it make sense to give him this deal? Now, granted, Manny Machado had a very good 2022 season, arguably the best season of his career. His wins above replacement, according to Fangrass, was 7.5. He hit 298, had a 366 on base percentage, slugged at a 531 clip, put that all together for his OPS, and he had an OPS of 898, which is unbelievable when you're getting gold glove type defense at third base. He hit 32 bombs. He drove in 102. A great season. And the Padres had a great season. And everyone was all happy. And it was great times in San Diego. And they signed Xander Bogars. And then the announcement comes that they had given Manny Machado an 11-year, $350 million deal, which included a $45 million signing bonus, replacing his previous contract with the Padres, which was a 10-year, $300 million deal. Now, the reason why they signed him to that contract is because there was an opt-out in his contract after the 2023 season. So nervous that they would lose him long-term, they signed him to an extension early. They got him locked in. Now, by locking him in, in a lot of ways, that forced their hand to have to let Juan Soto go this offseason because they were locked into three deals. By also signing Bogarts last offseason when they wanted Trey Turner, and Trey Turner ended up going to Philly for you know, reportedly less money. They pivoted and they signed Bogarts. All of those decisions have come back to haunt the Padres. And that one in particular is really unfortunate when it comes to trying to move him because would Machado have opted out after the season he just had? Yes, he hit 30 home runs. He drove in 91. But he was a three-and-a-half win player this past year. He hit 258 and a 319 on base percentage and a 462 slug. It was nowhere near as good of a season as the year prior. In fact, according to F4, it was half as good of a season. Less than half as good. But he got his money in time. That's why the Padres would want to move him now. Because if you look at those three players, and not necessarily now. We're going to get to timing, actually, in the in the final segment. Because... I really think this is more of a trade deadline thing than a this offseason thing. But Manny Machado, of those three players, is the one that you could conceivably move because I don't think anyone's taken Xander Bogart's contract. And Fernando Tatis Jr., you sort of want to build around him, right? Granted, there was the PED suspension, but he comes back this year, moves to right field, and won a platinum glove while being a great hitter again. So that's the guy you'd want to keep. Machado's the guy you'd want to deal and the clock is ticking to deal him because sort of part of this intricate contract is the fact that he's not making a lot of money on the front end of this deal. But once you get to 2027, when he's 34 years old, you count off one, two, three, four, five, six, seven seasons where he makes $35 million per. It's a lot of money for the San Diego Padres. Question is, why would the Mets want to take all of that on? That's where we're going to get to next because it is a lot of money. It's not a great deal. But Manny Machado could still be a player that puts you over the top. And considering the lack of options the Mets might have you know, when it comes to getting a superstar on their roster the next couple of years in free agency, maybe this is a guy that you pony up and trade for. I'm going to break it all down in the next segment. First, though, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Score this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. 
Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's $150 if your team wins. If you think about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. You got the NFL season winding down with the playoffs just around the corner. You got the college football playoffs coming up here. And every single night, you can find some NBA action to play on. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including the spread, player props, over-unders, and more. If you're watching an NBA game, you can bet on a player, player's points, rebounds, assists, three-pointers made. So many different ways that you can make bets with FanDuel. You can also combine bets in a parlay. So if you want to take certain players' points and uh, another player on the team's three-pointers made, you combine them with that team to win the game, and it all happens, you could win big. Also, again, don't forget you're watching the NFL on Sunday or Thursday, whatever it is, and you have a great feeling about which team is going to win the game. Place that $5 money line bet. If you win, you get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner, the NFL. If you don't want to miss out on any of the latest Mets news this offseason, make sure you become a Locked On Mets insider. This is our texting service where I can send you an update anytime something breaks on the Mets, anytime that there's some type of a hot take I might have, I'll send it over to Locked On Mets insiders. I appreciate all of you who have subscribed and who do subscribe. You can find the link in the episode description or go to subtext.com slash Locked On Mets. Now, why would the Mets want a contract on their books that starting 2027 pays Manny Machado $35 million per season for the next, what did I say again, seven years? Yeah, seven years until 2033 where he's 40 years old and is probably not playing gold glove defense over at third base. Why would they take that on? Well, who else could they sign in free agency over the next couple of years? We've done this exercise before. You know, Juan Soto, probably the guy that you want to pony up and sign. But who knows if the Yankees are going to end up keeping him long-term. And also defensively, I mean, I can make an argument that Manny Machado is going to solve more issues for the Mets with his ability to play great defense at third base. And I think that'll still hold up for the next five years at least, right? Compared to Juan Soto, who's already verging on DH only type. You know, he'll, he'll still go out and play the outfield. I'm sure he does with the Yankees this year. You know, as part of that is he doesn't want to go into free agency as a DH. He wants to go in as an outfielder. And he might put up a great defensive season this year in a contract year. You never know. But long term, it's not really viable to think that Juan Soto is going to play a position. And he's probably going to make north of $40 million. So he's going to get paid more. Now, granted, he's going to be younger. You're going to get more prime seasons. I'm not saying that Juan Soto is not the player that I'd rather have on a contract than Manny Machado. But I'd rather have one of them. And as we just saw with Yoshinobu Yamamoto, there's no guarantees in free agency. You never know if the Dodgers might just come knocking on Juan Soto's door next year. And he wants to join the super team. Who knows? If you were to trade Manny Machado, it would be the fact that you would just say, our team is an unbelievable left side of the infield with Lindora Machado, and, and that's where we're going to build. And as much as Machado did not have the best of years this past season, if you look at his numbers, Again, 32 and 100 while still playing good defense over at third base. And he played 
138 games. So he was still you know, on the field for a large part of the year. That's still really valuable. Still put up, you know, 600 plate appearances. He's still able to get in the box. And again, in less playing time than he typically would put out there because he's been pretty durable throughout his career, he still hit 30 bombs. Now, with Manny Machado, I think the other component of this, there's still a Hall of Fame plaque that he's trending towards that doesn't have a, a cap set in stone. Yeah, the Orioles, where he started his career, had a couple of really good seasons. You have the Padres, where he has spent these last, you know, now it's five, six years as well. So six years between those two stops. I guess six and a half with Baltimore, half a season with the Dodgers, and now six with the Padres. This would be, you know, the start of year seven with San Diego. He still has the rest of this contract. Not to say he's definitely a Mets Hall of Famer if he – Comes over, he's thought to do a lot in his career, but I do think he does have a lot of good baseball left. And you look at the luxury tax hit on that contract. You take the 350, you divide it by 11, comes in at $31.8 million and change. That luxury tax number long-term is not a backbreaker compared to, again, someone like Juan Soto, who might have a luxury tax number in the $40 million range. So again, the guy will be, you know, while expensive, if you're the Mets and luxury tax is the only number that matters, he is a little more affordable. The next couple of years, he is actually cheap. He's making $13 million this next season. So that's where the Padres don't have to trade him right now. But if you're the Mets, the idea would be, all right, you trade for him, you bring him in, he's going to be a great defender, he's going to hit 30 bombs, he's going to be right in the middle of your lineup with Lindor, and again, he's the bird in hand. He's the guy that you can get because you would be doing the Padres a favor to take that money off their books. Now, you'd have to also convince Machado to play for you because he has the no trade clause. But if you could get those two things to happen and you can acquire the guy without giving up immense return on the prospects and it's you know primarily taking on the contract, you'd have to give him something of value, right? But the idea would really be you're absorbing the contract for them, and you're saying, all right, we're going to take you know, the remaining whatever it is on the books. I mean, $45 million of it was the bonus. You know, he made $13 million this past season, 13 this year. So, I mean, you're probably absorbing about $300 million, maybe a little less than that. You know, over the next, if you were to trade from at the deadline, which is what I think would, would probably be the timeline where this could actually happen, you know, for over nine and a half years that you'd be paying the guy. But if he was the piece that got you there, it would all be worth it. And that's why I think this is something that probably wouldn't happen this offseason. And I'll explain why in a minute here when it comes to the Padres payroll. But I, this is an idea that I think you should get in your head a little bit more for the trade deadline. If everything broke right for the Mets in, in, in a couple of different ways, and you had a shot come the trade deadline and the Padres didn't, this would be a guy that you could trade for that would have a ton of money coming towards your future books where only a handful of teams and maybe not even a handful. Maybe you can only count two or three teams in major league baseball who could even conceivably trade for this guy. The Mets are one of them because of Steve Cohen. And if the stars kind of align, I do think it is a move that would be worth making, but I want to explore all those stars that are at the line next year at the trade deadline. So we'll get to that in a minute. First, though, another word 
from our sponsors. Locked On has launched the first ever 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube covering everything in the world of sports. That is Locked On Sports Today with our local experts for each team, our league-wide experts for each league. If you want to miss out on any of your latest sports news, check out Locked On Sports Today streaming 24-7 on YouTube. Now, the San Diego Padres are in a very interesting spot right now because they need to shave money long-term, but they're also trying to win. So how do you juggle those two things? If you look at their luxury tax payroll, what's projected by Track right now, it's at $204.7 million. And the Lions, 237. So they got like $30 million to play with before they become a luxury tax team. They will not be a luxury tax team. But because they have Manny Machado, whose luxury tax number is 31, but he's actually getting paid 13, right now their total payroll with estimated arbitration salaries and pre-arbitration guys, it's sitting at $145 million is their projected total payroll. And there was some that said that their payroll was expected to be maybe around $190 million this year, which would mean they would have $45 million potentially to play with. But then you look at that luxury tax line, I'd say probably more $30 million to play with. And they'll still probably add, they added... Yuki Matsui to add a potential closer, uh, you know, to their team uh, and and you know replace Josh Hader. They made the Juan Soto trade to get Michael King to slot in the rotation. Drew Thorpe, a prospect that could be in the rotation at some point this year. They got Johnny Brito and Randy Vasquez in that trade to fill out their depth. But they're trying to really thread a needle here to contend in 2024 because they're in a tough division. They got the Dodgers that they're looking up at. They got the reigning NL champs, the Arizona Diamondbacks. The San Francisco Giants are trying to make moves, so they're not going to be horrible. The Rockies are the one team you can kind of push over, but it's a tough, tough road for the Padres because they're going to be a lot worse than last year on paper. They're moving Juan Soto, Blake Snell, Josh Hader, not to mention Michael Walker and Seth Lugo and Nick Martinez. That's a ton of pitching and arguably your best hitter. All gone. Now they still have Bogarts, who should have a better year. They have Machado. They have Tatis. They still have Darvish and Musgrove. And you know Michael King might be a solid three for them. There are pieces. But there's also a chance that the trade deadline, they are out of it. And then they are just straight try-to-sell mode. And the easiest thing to do at that time is probably to trade their pitching. If Darvish is having a good year, Musgrove is having a good year, those are the guys you can flip and sort of pseudo go into a rebuild. Who knows what AJ Pro wants to do? I, I don't know what his motivations are. I can't follow his line of thinking on anything he's done with the Padres. Like a lot of it doesn't make sense. Last year, if they don't give that contract to Machado, they'd be looking, staring him in the face right now this offseason to see if he would have opted out after a down year. And if he didn't, he would have been on the books for a much more affordable number moving forward. Yes, in the short-term money, he'd be getting paid more. But $30 million per season – for it would have been the next five years with an opt-out, which he wouldn't have exercised, so that would be gone. So it would be five years, 150, and he had a 16 no-trade clause instead of a full no-trade clause. They could have gone into this offseason then and probably flipped Machado and kept Soto if they wanted to. 
There's a lot of things they could have done. Instead, they gave out that contract. So now they're locked into this contract. The Mets are one of the few teams that would take it on. Honestly, if you were to call them up right now and aggressively pursue Manny Machado when it came to prospect capital, if you were to do a Yankee-type trade that they made for Juan Soto, solve a lot of their needs. Like They, they need pitching desperately. If you were to call them up and you were to you know throw Jose Quintana in a deal and uh, you know, or he might make too much money. Throw Joey Lucchese, Tyler McGill, just the, the spare parts pieces like Brito and Vasquez that lengthen out a package, and you were to give them Luis and Helicuna, and you just got aggressive on a trade offer. Yeah, maybe you could get Machado this year, but then the Mets aren't going to win either. And the Mets aren't in a position right now where I necessarily think it makes sense to trade for Machado. As much as I would love it, but where the stars could align, let's just say you get to the all-star break. The Mets are in the mix. Brett Beatty has been a respectable starting third baseman for the Mets. Hasn't been bad. He's gotten to like Alec Bone levels, right? Where, you know, he's maybe you know 720 OPS. He's playing decent defense at third base. He's at least looking, you know, like a guy that has a chance to be a starting third baseman. Because if he's playing great, then you're just going to roll it, Beatty. That's why we're trying to align this up where a, a trade would make sense. You make it to the deadline, and now you're still like right in the thick of it, and the Padres are. Well, now you say, we'll give you your new third baseman who can start for you the next couple of years where you're trying to figure your stuff out and Brett Beatty. We're trying to win now with Machado, and if you're in the mix, he might be more willing to with a no-trade clause, seeing things trending in the wrong direction with the franchise that he's currently with, with the Padres. And obviously, it might take a little bit more. Maybe there's some sweeteners in the deal, whatever it ends up being. Maybe you're taking on like a Robert Suarez to save some more money off their books and also getting a reliever in the deal. Whatever that trade looks like, you know, whatever that is, seven months from now, eight months from now. There is a world where the Mets are the team that trades for Manny Machado. I just don't think there are a lot of teams in baseball that could take on that money. I think it's like the Mets. If the Red Sox were competitive by the deadline, I mean, they have Devers, though, so boy, they need Machado for. It's really tough to find a team. I, the Yankees, conceivably, right? They need a third baseman. If, you know, the Dodgers trading for him once, I don't think that they'd want him again. I think that there's a maybe a reason they didn't pursue him in free agency. Again, it's hard to find the teams, and that's why the Padres are in such a bad spot. And again, that's why eventually you could trade for Machado without giving up the top end prospect capital. You know, it's just I don't think the time is right right now because I think the Padres are in a situation where they're trying to make all these investments worth it, where they're still trying to win that championship and bring one to San Diego. And this is a really important season for them after you know, the tragic passing of their owner, Peter Seidler, where they they don't want to just fold right now and go into a rebuild. And A.J. Preller, in particular, a guy that still has his job that's trying to keep it, where they're now in this flux where they're transitioning their control and they're trying to figure out you know what the Padres are going to be moving forward. This is a year where he's trying to prove that he can shave some money and still win. The Soto trade was a great first step to do that. You know, signing Yuki Matsui to, to build out that bullpen, a nice addition. 
They're going to make a couple more moves here, and they're going to try to round out a team with maybe $30 million to spend, if that, and they're going to go into the season. Hey, maybe they're in the mix, and they're just keeping this team together for another year. But the clock is ticking on that Manny Machado deal. The Mets are a team that could trade for it. I don't know if they have the appetite to do it, but if they were in the mix in a playoff hunt and you could add a player of Manny Machado's caliber to solve a position that you might still not have a future anchor at, you know, if Beatty hadn't established himself yet, you know, outside chance of Mark Vantos being able to show that he can play the position and he established himself. If those two things don't happen by the deadline and you still have Ronnie Mauricio banged up and there's no third baseman in your farm system beyond that. That's where a, a trade between those two teams could actually take place. I'd love it if it happened this offseason because you just want to see the Mets get better going into the year. But that's the type of deal where they're just too far away from making right now. And because the Padres are also still trying to go for it, it probably doesn't make sense for them. Again, remember, their problem is not luxury tax. Their problem is you know, cash flow. And because of the way Machado structured his deal, He's not a cash flow problem player right now. Like Xander Bogarts is. If you want to trade for Xander Bogarts and give up nothing, it's a different conversation because they would love to get off that money. But Machado's the better player. Machado's the one that's on a Hall of Fame track. And Machado's the one that, when it matters most, could be the difference in being able to put you over the top. So I thought it was worth talking about at the end of December here where we're still waiting on the things to pick up a bit for the New York Mets. Anyway, that's going to be all for today's show. I appreciate all of you for tuning in. Uh, make sure you follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Hit subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Trying to get up to 8,000 subs, so appreciate all of you. Get us closer to our next goal there. If you want to be a Locked On Mets insider, you can find a link in the episode description. Go to subtext.com slash Locked On Mets. And now that you've made it to the end of the show, check out the first ever 24-7 streaming channel covering everything in the world of sports. That's Locked On Sports. Today, you can find that streaming 24-7 on YouTube.